welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. We hit the two-year mark. We hit the two-year mark since I heard the word burnout. It was diagnosed with physical collapse of burnout. And why this is even important right now is this was a journey that was pretty much undocumented. There wasn't a lot of research, there wasn't a lot of help. And so then I had to go on this discovery journey of what happened? How did I get here? Now, how do I recover? So we go through that through the Burnout Compass program, coaching, different workshops I offer. But I wanted to take this time to break down the recovery journey because that can be just as scary as how we even got into burnout. We're really going into unknown territory. And so for my two-year anniversary, I started documenting what happened in the recovery journey, and I came up with three phases that you will go through as you start recovering. It's quite a lot to digest, so let's break it up into three different videos, three different podcasts, three different audio media type of versions that you can listen to, watch, or read. The first part of phase one is what I consider lost and lonely. You basically are kind of on this journey on your own and you're realizing that no one else can help you but you. That's just a lonely statement in itself. You can have the great support or you can have money or time to go on retreats. That's fabulous. But for most of us, we're doing this alone. There's a reason why we got in burnout. Lack of tribe, lack of support lack of self-control, lack of self-motivation to even move back to energy that we got this bad. So now we go on this journey to our new selves, to the unknown. That's a lonely feeling. One part of this lost and lonely part of the phase is grieving how you got that, grieving that you cannot go back to your old self. You cannot go back to the old way you did things. You cannot maybe even go back to the certain people that may have been feeding that burnout, de-energizing you. It's okay. It's okay to grieve that loss. And it's important to grieve that loss. If you skip that step, you're going to have a missing piece on why things still bother you. Why are things still hard? Give space to grieve that old life as you step into the new one. During this phase, you're also going to have surprise triggers. You're going to start discovering because you're allowing this space into your best self. You're going to discover these triggers that were never there. Certain people, certain words, certain places, things from that old life that is now surfacing. It could be from your childhood. It could be from the very thing that got you over the hump into burnout. Is it certain places, work, work functions, meetings, when people call or text? These triggers are suddenly going to be apparent during your recovery because now you have recognized and you have awareness around where you got to from where you've been and what you're trying to avoid. These triggers are going to be a little bit different because now you don't have your normal coping mechanism, just like addiction. Your normal coping mechanism would step in and calm it down, 
whatever that may be, that may be drugs or alcohol. That may be unhealthy habits. Uh, mine was uh, popping over to McDonald's when I was really stressed, when something really, really stressful out of my control would happen. I would go to McDonald's and get a hot fudge sundae and salty fries. And I would dip those fries in that sundae and sit in the parking lot, feeling like everything will be okay, feeling de-stress or what I thought was de-stressing. I was making it so much worse. And for me with physical collapse, I was making it way worse because my gut was screaming for help and I was shoving fast food down the pipe. The trigger was stress, things out of my control. My mechanism was fast food. Certainly I had many other harmful mechanisms, but what's yours? This is a time to identify those triggers and what your normal response is and start identifying new responses that you could do and don't make them dramatic. If you are really tired and your triggers, maybe the afternoon slump, and then you grab a coffee, that's your response. Start switching up to a different hot beverage, teas, even decaf. I know, I know that can get ugly, but if the other option is coffee and you're not sleeping all night, go for the decaf. During phase one, you're gonna feel lost and lonely. You're gonna have surprise triggers that start creeping up that weren't there before. You're gonna have perspective shifts. Suddenly someone asking you to stay late. Can you hop on this project? Can you help me here? Can you come to this family gathering? Suddenly your perspectives are shifting to say, no thanks. You're realizing that there's an actual boundary that you are crossing. You are realizing that if I continue down this road, I go back to where I was in burnout. These perspective shifts are gonna start moving you into your best self, but they are uncomfortable you're gonna have uncomfortable conversations. You're gonna realize I can't say yes to everything. If I am saying yes to something, I am saying no to something else. And usually it's at a cost of myself, my happiness, my enjoyment, my relaxation. You're gonna to start to see a shift in how you perceive all these requests. Allow that space. If you don't know how to respond, respond later. You don't need to respond to a text or an email immediately. Figure out what you can and cannot do and navigate from there. Internalizing feelings. In phase one, you're going to realize I can't hold everything in because it makes me sick. It will internalize into this monster in my mind, body, or soul in misalignment and come out as burnout. How can I continue to be aligned external and internally so that I start moving to my best self and back to energy? So now these internalized feelings that usually you breathe or suck down, suck it up. We've heard that a lot, haven't we? You're going to have to start processing those. Ooh, it's ugly. You'll find yourself sometimes crying or sad or angry. And you're not exactly sure why. Because now these feelings are surfacing and they're going to be heavy in the beginning because you've, you've suffocated them down and now they're they're coming up for air. Work through these. Allow space for these. Allow self-care time to process these through journaling, meditation, walks, sit outside. Allow space to feel. Because the beautiful thing about these internalized feelings that are starting to pour out as ugly as they can be is you're feeling again. If you are truly in burnout, you have been numb for quite a bit of time. So recognize that those internalized feelings that are finally coming out and seems like, oh my gosh, this is getting worse. 
it's actually a good thing. It's a good thing that your body feels comfortable and safe enough out of survivorship mode to start processing these feelings. And the more you can get out and process, the better you'll be for the next phase. Another part of phase one is gonna be disconnecting with people. Now this is where you need to keep watch. There is disconnecting with people in order to reorganize your life, reorganize your priorities, step into self growth. And then there's disconnecting with people that's isolation. And that's actually gonna feed your burnout. We are community creatures. Whether you like to be at home, maybe you're an introvert, regardless of that, you still like to be connected with people. So we need a community and we need community events and things to go to in order to maintain that tribal type of energy while we're on this healing journey. So disconnecting with people is okay. It's okay to tell your family and friends, hey, I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm doing really good on recovering, but I just need to take time for me. If they truly love you, they're gonna let you be for a little while. And then they check in every so often, I hope. If they're like, hey, no, you need to come to this party because grandma said so, or you need to be at this extra work function tonight because your team is going. At that time you say, I'm setting healthy boundaries to continue my recovery journey. And I will come when I'm in a better place or I will come when I have more time. But right now I need some space. Isolation means you're just ignoring people. You're ignoring their texts, you're ignoring their emails, you're ignoring their invites. To avoid that conflict of not going, talk about it. They want you to be well. Your employer wants you to be productive. And if that's what you had to do to be productive right now, then do it. And if they don't support it, yes, then maybe it's a misalignment of where you are in your company. But disconnecting with people needs to happen. And that's because you're gonna need to be with yourself for a little bit. You're gonna need to have some of that solitude in order to process those feelings, in order to guide a direction out of this lost and lonely state, to feel those triggers and identify those responses that are unhealthy so that you can start to adapt and change them. If you are always around people and people are always around you, are you even okay with being by yourself? You'll never be okay with looking at yourself in the mirror. If you don't want to hang out with yourself, why would other people want to hang out with yourself? Part of a healing journey is recognizing the beautiful strengths and weaknesses you have, is recognizing the major crap you have just went through and allowing your body to process that. Picture your body going at war and you've just been gone for two years at war. You're in burnout, right? Two years is pretty common for someone who's in severe burnout to be in that survivorship mode that long. Would you push your body, your mind, body, soul even further by socializing? Or would you give it space to rest? You just came back from war for, after two years. Would you give yourself a little bit of rest? I bet you would. See, we're grieving our old life. We're identifying some triggers, which might go all the way back to childhood and, and unidentified trauma. We're, we're finding that there's old pattern suctions that are sucking us back in every time we get stressed, every time we hear a word, anytime someone contacts us, we do the old trigger response. We're working through a lot of stuff. 
it's okay to disconnect from people for the short time. And the beautiful thing about disconnecting with some people is the ones that don't check on you, the ones that maybe you identify are misaligned and, and don't energize you and actually suck your energy. When they go away, it allows space for the people that gravitate towards your personality, towards your energy, and beautiful things start to happen. In phase one of my recovery, I would say that lasted about nine months. Nine months of feeling lost and lonely. Identifying new triggers and things that were setting me off and trying to reroute those responses. Old pattern suctions every time they came up where it just felt so uncomfortable to be in this new self and these things that I was trying. I would rather have the familiar hell than the unfamiliar heaven and fighting that on a daily basis, letting internalized feelings out. Ugh. It was really gross. But then it became a little easier. And then it seemed like it was less hard to process and there was less to process. I was cleaning the clogged up coffee filter feelings that I had. And the wonderful thing about that is then when new feelings came in, they were able to process and flow with ease and I would cope with them and they would leave. Instead of sitting, keeping me awake at night, causing additional stress the next day. And then disconnecting with people, it was hard. It was hard to say goodbye to some people. It was hard to say no, but most understood. Most want you to succeed. And those that I was really connected to, unintentionally, surprisingly, came back, came back to check on me, came back to hang out, came back to talk. And the unintentional people that stepped up weren't the people I thought. And they ended up being my re-energizers. Let the universe drive a little bit, give that space. So phase one is, it's a hard phase. It's a phase of true solo journey, strength and perseverance. But if you can get past this phase, you're gonna head into deep, dark transformation. And I mean that in a positive note. Phase two, if you enter into it and you are still motivated and you're still resilient enough to keep going down this journey, you're gonna see a beautiful transformation happen. Click the subscribe or follow button to follow along the recovery journey. I know you're not lazy. Most people in burnout are high performers, those serving others before themselves. Don't discount this step today, the step in which you focus on your self-growth. Piecing together the puzzle is half the journey. Rediscovering energy through new actions and habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions and the beast to do hard things that lies within you. Check out more burnout resources on my website to move from zombie mode back to liveliness. See you soon.